Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. What's up, you guys? Welcome to the September 27th edition of the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Gallagher. Get ready to talk a little bit of recent news around the NBA. We have media days underway as we record this podcast. A little Kyrie spiciness and some other stuff going on. With me to break all the news down the past couple days is Ryan Kanas. What's up, man? One of my favorite times of the year, Mike. We got a, uh, you know, hope springs eternal. Every every player thinks they're going to be a better three point shooter and <laughs> finisher at the rim. Every coach thinks their team's going to be better than they were last year. It's it's fun, but it's also it's great for fantasy because you're trying to parse out what's real and what's a, what's an illusion, and you know who might be the breakout candidates. What injuries are going to linger into the regular season? There's so many different narratives right now, so a lot to sift through. Um, if your draft is coming up, obviously grab the the Roto World Draft Guide. We we are a very helpful resource and constantly updating it. But yeah, let's let's get into some of the some of the news these days. Yeah, every team's going to play at the fastest pace ever. You know. Even oh yeah. Lloyd Howard's going to shoot ten threes a game. What other? Yeah, everyone's yeah. bulked up and it's all muscle. Yeah, muscle watch. Yeah. 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 Everyone's going to play eighty two games. Everyone's looking for the one seed, and then come Halloween, you know, <laughs> people are already missing games. Yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, you guys know the deal with the load management. Uh, we don't need to talk about that. So we'll talk about uh, one guy who doesn't look like he's going to play 82 games, and that's Kyle Kuzma. Uh, he has a stress reaction in his foot uh, mm-hmm. from the injury with Team USA. Um, he's out till at least mid-October, and it could be longer. They're in China. They're going to have an MRI when they come back. So it's at least. So, I mean, stress mm-hmm. reactions, it's really tough to tell how serious it could be a long time, or it could be pretty quick. But right now, I'm put, I just consider him doubtful to start this season. So, I mean, you really can't draft him unless you have an IR spot. Not that we were that high on him to begin with, just because he's kind of empty besides the scoring stats, and he won't have as much opportunity to score with AD and LeBron around. So, with Kuzma, if you want to dive a little deeper than that, go for it. And then, who else are you looking at to maybe benefit from this if it is a kind of long, lengthy injury? Yeah, no, I mean, you hit all the key points that I would get into, and I'm with you, I think, definitely doubtful for the start of the season. Stress reactions kind of scare me, especially a foot stress reaction. He's either just going to have to stay off this thing for a long time, like you said, or eventually, sometimes if rest doesn't heal stress reactions, you need surgery. We could cross that bridge later if necessary. Hopefully it isn't. But... You know, as you also pointed out, he's not that great of a fantasy player. He doesn't give you many assists at all. Defensive stats are vacant. So he's basically just scoring a handful of boards and a bunch of three-pointers. So I don't see him taking a big leap this year. They were even talking about him. I think he would come off the bench as a sort of scoring sixth man this year, right? Yeah, which makes sense. I mean, you don't if they don't the eighty doesn't want to play the five, and yeah, they want to play. So kind of small. Go I ahead. guess if if he if he's out more Jared Dudley at power forward. Um, more even more Danny Green at small forward, I guess. Mm. Possibly KCP is the backup small forward now if Kuzma does miss time. Yeah, it's. Uh, I guess those would be the quote unquote winners, but nobody there I'm super high on. I know you like Danny Green a little bit more than me. Yeah, I like Danny Green a lot, which is pro- he's probably going to be the only olderish guy that I'm targeting, uh, which is weird uh, for a guy. I used, we used you and I and uh, Steve. We all used to target the heck out of Danny Green. Yeah, I used in to love prime him. time. But, um, yeah, so I think there's really three winners from this one um, as far as guys that I'm, like, 
kind of willing to draft. Um, you mentioned um, the Danny Green thing. I don't need to talk about that anymore. Um, just quick aside, if you haven't listened to the pod, he's supposed to play around 30 minutes, which would be a career high, according to Mike Trudell, who's the man. Um, so him, I think JaVel McGee's a winner here because I think AD has to play almost straight four now. So that mm-hmm. would really open up more center minutes for him and possibly Dwight Howard in a deep league. Maybe even um, you know DFS when we talk about him and you know friendly matchups against interior, weak interior defenses like, say, the Nets last year. Um, so he's kind of on the radar, Dwight is, but I, I'd probably bump JaVale up around. Um, and then the other winner for me, I like Alex Caruso. So if they're going to play AD straight four and they're going to play LeBron almost straight three, mix him in behind AD at the four, uh, I think that could open up a couple minutes at the guard spot. You mentioned Green. I don't really buy KCP. Avery Bradley could start, and he's probably the favorite to start. But if mm. jacked-up Alex Caruso comes out there, guns blazing with his arms, uh, I could see him starting <laughs> on a team that should be pretty efficient in both half-court and probably play a little bit faster than Frank Vogel's used to. We've seen the bronze teams kind of do well in transition because he's such a phenomenal transition player. Um, I like Caruso, man. We saw how well he played last year. Um, and yeah, I mean, the guy that, um, another mystery box guy, uh, not the friendliest of fantasy games, but again, just yeah. untapped upside, um, is where I go in the late rounds. Uh, I'm, I guess I'm not a Caruso believer. I, I think his, his best times last year were when injuries just sort of yeah. forced, forced the Lakers hand to unleash him. And even then he was, you know, quite good for stretches in reality. Okay for fantasy, but nothing that really popped for me. And to the point where I'm like, ooh, you know, this guy's got all the upside. And there's just too many pieces there. I mean, Troy Daniels can shoot lights out. They're going to need shooters to surround this team. Uh, Avery Bradley, maybe he stays healthy and, and kind of gets back to who he used to be. We saw a little bit of that at the end of last year. Uh, KCP is going to get minutes. He's a solid defender, just a basic 3 and D guy. No fantasy appeal there anymore uh and then even quint cook could be in the rotation who knows so just too many moving pieces in the backcourt for me to get on get on with caruso yeah it's pretty much just a bet against avery bradley who another guy who i used to target like crazy um when he was first coming up with the celtics but yeah. now he's the last couple of years he just looks like a shell of himself terrible yeah. so but yeah just um the last six games for caruso maybe i could kind of get you on board a little bit uh 18 <laughs> points eight dimes uh 1.8 steals 1.8 trays, 44% from the field, 80% from the line. So that's sexy stuff. Obviously, again, he had a, an, an airplane-sized runway uh, to, to get minutes. Uh, he played 36 minutes over that six-game stretch, which isn't going to happen. But Also um, had, what, four turnovers a game? Yep, yep. Which is, it, I don't care about that. I usually am fading turnovers anyways just because I try to yeah. attack counting stats. And I'm, I stream a lot, so I'm going to be – I almost never win turnovers. But – um. Yeah, uh, so and keep in fact, keep in mind they're gonna rest LeBron, so you get a little bit yeah, of an added true. boost there. So uh, I think there's a path to him being, you know, top seventy-five uh, if he really clicks. Ooh, uh, all right. See, I think that's a hot. Take. That's, I that's think a hottest. I'm saying that's like his upside. You know. Yeah. And he, I mean, I, if he gets one point eight steals like he did there, um, even you know one point five steals, like he's almost right there if he shoots forty-five percent from the field and you know, five, six dimes and 13-ish points or something, which isn't outside the realm of possibilities, I don't think. It's, I don't think it's too spicy. You know, All it's right, probably I a, like it. It's, yeah, yeah, it's like a <laughs> Tabasco sauce of spiciness. It's not like ghost, <laughs> ghost pepper spicy. The uh, green chili version of Tabasco. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, yes. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and then, um, what about Javel? Are you with me on Javel? He, another guy who really thrived last year, and we know this AD wants to play the four thing, which he's kind of said multiple times and has been reported as such. 
Um, how do you feel? Yeah, about Yeah, I'm with you. Much as you say, as you like Caruso as a sort of hedge against Avery Bradley, I'd say I have zero faith in Dwight Howard. So, and Javale McGee was really good last year. 22 minutes a game, he was almost top 50. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah I, I quite like him, and he stayed healthy. It's weird for me to be saying that I like JaVale McGee as much as I like ever have when he's 31 years old, but I think that's where we're at. Yep. Back when uh, I will, I'll never forget when the Wizards said he was like the third best player on their board when they drafted him at like 18 or whatever. So we're all he uh, needs to do: right. run the court, rebound, and block shots. Yep. And then just just soak up easy dunks and putbacks. That's oh yeah. It. That's his role, and he did it fantastically last year. So Yeah, there aren't too many guys after 75-ish that you could grab that could help you out in blocks like him, maybe Jared Allen as well, uh, that don't totally tank you uh, from free throws, like, say, a DeAndre Wood, who doesn't block shot as much as he used to. Uh, ready to move on from the Lakers? Yeah, sure. All right. Uh, so, Grizzlies, we got a big update from them. Uh, props to Chris Harrington, who basically called that they were going to come up with this update uh, in a column previously, so we'll talk about that in a second. But... Quick rundown. Uh, John Morant, Kyle Anderson, and Dylan Brooks look to be good to go. And poor Anthony Melton. He's going to be out four to eight weeks with a stress reaction to his back. At least four to eight weeks, it sounds like. Rough news, man. A guy I was really pumped to see in the preseason. Um, you know, he ha- I had him in my top 200, a guy that just I wanted to see how he does. He's a phenomenal steals rate guy. So it's rough news there. But jogging and cleared to go is... Fantastic news. We haven't seen him play. Didn't get, didn't play in summer league with a minor knee injury uh, slash surgery. So, yeah, I'll just hand it to you. How do you feel about the Grizzlies? I guess we'll talk. We talk a lot about the front court, JJJ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I guess just sticking to the back court, maybe tying some Brandon Clark a little bit um, with the slow mo thing being back. Uh, how do you. I'll, I'll just go. I'll, all you. Go ahead. <laughs> um, yeah, well, quick, the quick on JJJ. He also tweaked his right leg and knee in August. So, it's just good that they didn't even mention that in the injury report. So, you could throw that away uh, for evaluation purposes. In terms of everything else, I mean, this is a great injury update, other than obviously DeAnthony Melton. But John Morant, status quo, we thought he'd be healthy for opening night in training camp, but to have it confirmed, you know, on the eve of camp is fantastic. Still love him. I think he's going to be the second best rookie in the draft class, and I think it might be closer between him and Zion than than I initially thought. I've started to move him, edge him a little bit closer together in my rankings. I've got, I'm pretty oh, wow. high on Ja. How high do you have him now? I think I've got him around 40 now, something like Whoa, that. Oh, yeah, that's really high. I don't think he's pretty, going to from field Pretty goals. high. I, I'm, I was actually looking at 8-cat, and I'm waiting okay, for games. Yeah. But, yeah. Oh, yeah, that'll be a big difference. Yeah, but still, uh, you know, I'm high on him as a rookie. I think ter- tremendous assists. The steals are going to be there. Percentages are going to pretend, you know, probably be an issue, and then turnovers, of course, for any rookie point guard. Uh, but I still love him. Kyle Anderson... It's important to note in the injury, they said he was progressing as expected, whereas with the three other teammates, they said they were fully recovered. So it sounds like he's not 100% there. There's also a lot more competition this year. So with so many players vying for minutes, Jake Crowder's in there, probably going to start. I'm not into Kyle Anderson. Last year, this time, I was hyping him up, Mm -hmm. you know very good roto player stepping into what should be a career high minutes and so forth and then the shoulder just derailed him and even if he's healthy as i said i think all the brandon clark gonna need minutes uh, you got bruno caboclo they might give minutes to i think they probably should josh jackson may not make the roster but if he does he's another threat uh, crowder so just too many guys 
vying for minutes. And then who who do they get back in the Andre Iguodala trade? That could add just another piece that they want to develop. So, yeah, not not too good. Dylan Brooks is a guy who benefits a lot, I think, with Melton out. Brooks has to play tons of minutes. Grayson Allen maybe actually cracks the rotation with Iguodala not reporting to camp. Um, So a lot lot of moving pieces. But frankly, other than John Morant, there's nobody I'm interested in out of this whole group I've been talking about. You missed one guy I like a lot. Who's that? Who do I always like? Tyus Jones? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Do you see him playing alongside Morant? That's what I wanted to talk about. So, yeah. uh, He played just 23 minutes next to Jeff Teague in the... Thibodeau slash Teague era, so you're talking like a year and a half-ish. Yeah. Um, and then he played just 18 minutes, or 16 minutes, sorry, with um, Teague during the Saunders era. So it's you know a smaller sample, but pretty close to the same minutes. So not really a big takeaway there. But, I mean, Teague cannot guard twos. So I think Ja can. So I think that's possibly going to open things up for him. Um, and then as a quick aside... The Harrington article I referenced earlier, he kind of opened the door that if John Morant doesn't click, Tyus could start. Um, hmm. So I like Tyus. I always like Tyus. You know, very fantasy-friendly game. Just real polished. We know he's a plus-minus genius um, with how he's looked next to Cat and those guys. And Memphis is kind of embracing that a little bit more and how they're composing their lineups. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think he's dead in the water. Again, point guards are hard to draft late, so I'm all about drafting him, you know, 130 or so. You could probably get him there uh, and just see how it shakes out. Obviously, this is one of the things I'm going to really – you mentioned how deep this team is with, you know, not elite talent but capable rotation players. Like, they're going to be probably one of the top three or four teams that we're going to have to really research in the preseason to kind of figure out how they're going to shake out their rotation. So, yeah, nobody that – like you mentioned, JJJ, sure. Uh, I like Job definitely more in eight cat, nine cat. I haven't really come around on him. I'm usually taking Shea or somebody, or oh, even yeah. Richardson I, I or somebody like that. Yeah, like I like Richardson more than him, although not the same position. Uh, hopefully, mm-hmm. you have more assists in your lineup. But yeah, if you, like say if you're punting, maybe you grab him and Rozier, like six set round six seven, or maybe even round five six. If you're really punting, like say you have Westbrook, like you're killing it there in the point guard categories. Um, would need some more three-point specialists there. But, yeah, um, again, just a lot of unknowns with this team. Um, and then with slow-mo, like you said, he was, quote-unquote, apparently just shooting um, from this Harrington article I keep referencing. So, yeah, I don't know if he's going to be ready for camp. Um, Harrington also mentioned that Jay Crowder almost sounds like a, a really, quote-unquote, good bet to start. Mm. Um, and also yep. to his expiring deal, we know the Grizzlies, know, which is great. The Grizzlies know they're rebuilding. This is that's huge. So you know, Ja, I think Ja will be decent to start the year, but they definitely want to trade him. Um, uh, Zach Lowe had mentioned on his podcast that a team like the Nets could be interested in getting him because they're so thin at the four. We'll talk about that in a second. But yeah, again, nobody that we're really high on besides their front court guys. Um, and I, I like Tyus and Ja if he kind of falls. Uh, anything else on that front? No, so you're you're also out on Dylan Brooks, I take it. Yeah, I'm out on Dylan Brooks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Not Mar and and Marshawn Brooks, Phoenix. Yeah, all uh, Brooks. <laughs> any Brooks, um, except for Brook Lopez, I guess. Uh, he's a sing- singular Brooks. Um, anyways, uh, moving on. Brett Brown. Uh, he had talks a little bit about some uh, this two really big stars on that team, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. Said he wanted to go for the number one seed. Like again, 
obviously you want to go for the number one seed. What's he going to say? He's like, oh yeah, we're playing for that three seed, baby. Um, so I don't put any weight into that. I do put weight into him already admitting they're not going to play and beat 82 games. Usually coach speak, this is kind of a clear, like they're obviously resting him, but it, it seemed to me they had a very specific plan to sit him out. He played 23 minutes in the All-Star game, and then he misses eight games after the All-Star game. Uh, missed five of the last seven games. Like It definitely seemed like a deliberate plan to sit him out after he played each of the first 25 games of the season. So, I, again, yep. if, you're, if you're a regular pod listener, you know I am not drafting him. Uh, and really, yesterday didn't help change my mind. Yeah, I took him beating the mock draft recently. Just because I'm never, it, it was almost like I, this is where it goes in most drafts. So to to show the world that this is where Embiid will go, I was I wasn't afraid to take him there. <laughs> there you go. But for the team. and the and the and the, the per game upside is fantastic. But yeah, that late season threat is just too real that I can't burn like a number ten pick on him. Just because the thirteen back to backs, he's probably going to miss a couple of those sporadic rests throughout the season, and then late season rest. I mean, I think they learned their lesson in twenty sixteen seventeen. He played a lot early, got hurt in late January, didn't play after that. Twenty seven eighteen, he played nineteen games after the break, but zero in April. Last year, he played only ten games after the break. So clearly, they know you know lighten his workload early, really lighten it prior to the playoffs, so that we have our best player at peak performance when we need it most in the postseason so yeah i mean you don't really need to say much more than that right like well i have one other note i wrote this in my column yesterday they play some trash teams late so the last 30 days they go wizards hornets hawks at home i think the hawks will maybe competing bulls suns wizards grizzlies and then hornets again um so Mm, he's not playing those hornets games (laughs) he's not playing those two wizards games he's probably not playing the bulls game he may play at home against the uh, against the hawks so there's probably like five games in that 30-day sample when it's crunch time. Semi shut them down. Yeah, man. So I just don't see any reason how you, like I just don't get it. I know that there's an argument. Um, I guess I'll call out Tommy Beer if you're listening. I know he had said that like everyone's gonna rest. Sure, but don't you want to take an advantage on that? That's why I'm so high on the drafting like your Trays and your Donovan Mitchells and all that stuff. Like. You can't just draft Embiid. I just I I love Embiid. Like he was hilarious yesterday, tweeting about Go Pack Go against the Eagles, and he's he's the guy. He's one of the most entertaining guys, maybe yeah. ever. But like, ah, I just can't do it. Yeah, I think throwing out DMP at late season because quote you know everyone's going to rest. I think that's really overblowing the case. It's not everyone who's going to rest. Teams on the bubble of the playoffs, young guys who are thriving. You know, you can minimize the risk of late season rest. Right. Like, yes, it's going to be increased, but why Why lean into it by, yeah, by taking someone like Embiid? Like, I've said this multiple times, but you want... Not to a... take a shot at Tommy. I, no, I mean, no. He's, yeah. he, he's, he's got great takes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. So, like, I've said this countless times. You want a limited range of outcomes early in your draft. So, you're already... If you draft a guy like Embiid, your range of outcomes is massive. Like, for how much he could sit. He could sit the entire second half of the year to get him ready for the playoffs. Like, that's seriously possible. So, like, I just don't get it. Like, you want guys that you're, like, we always, you and I are very much like, give me 75 games, you know? That's the number one most important thing to me. That's why I like Dame, Jokic, Cat. Those are guys I'm going to target aggressively. Um, yep. Like, if I draft, Free, and I don't come. you up as you go on. Too. Yeah, like, if I pick top six, I'm going to have one of those three guys almost certainly. 
Um, and then if I pick late, I'm hopefully have Drew or all that stuff. Anyways, yeah. we don't need to repeat the whole podcast. Um, number seriously. number eight in the draft is where I cringe. If I get number eight, I think that's the worst spot for me. Drew Holiday all day. Because <laughs> then the really you're going Holiday at number yeah, eight. Yep. Okay. I'm so I feel like that. that's where the compromises come in for me, and I'm like, man, do I just take a shot on the guy with the upside but the risk? Or, well, it's oh, probably yeah, seven now with Paul George kind of out of the mix, I would say, right? Yeah, so you're not yeah. going – who who are you not putting in there, I guess? Paul, right? It's going to be Harden, Cat, Curry, AD, Jokic, Giannis, AD, Jokic Giannis, and Lillard. Oh, oh, you're and not Lillard, putting yeah. Lillard in there. No, Lillard's, the, Lillard's, the, oh, Lillard's six, right? Or no. So let's do that again. Harden, Cat, Curry – AD, Jokic, Lillard. So Giannis isn't in there. For Giannis. You. Okay. So yeah, that's that's where it <laughs> you is. keep dropping out yeah, one of them. Yeah, yeah. There you go. So yeah, it's the the eight the eight spot. Eight spots rough. Yeah. 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 But yeah, just take Drew. Drew Holiday. Okay. Yeah. I don't know that I'm going to be doing that, but I like you, I like your you take. take then? I I think I might even take Beal over him. Okay. Yeah. I love I love Beal. I love Beal. Yeah. Eighty two back to back. Baller going for all Oleon, NBA. Oleon, he got snubbed. I think that if him him not getting all NBA last year is probably good news for fantasy value. So yeah, go for it again. Get that get that money. But um, yeah. So anything else on Embiid? We've another horse we've beaten to death. No, our, our takes are crystal yeah. clear. And we're not talking Terry Rozier. I know Tommy and Strope had we talked so for a guy we're all fading. We spent so much time talking about Rozier. Um, uh, moving but, on. Yeah, moving on. So. Um, ben Simmons, uh, gonna take threes, quote unquote, when they're available. He has taken one three in the preseason, uh, hasn't made one in any of his, his entire NBA career, postseason, preseason, regular season. Um, our ha- what's the maximum amount of three pointers he will take per game? Like, as far as <laughs> one, one, 1.0, that's a big number. I, I know, like 0.5. Well, you said max, I'm saying, like, yeah, yeah, I, I think it's one, I'd be if- stunned. Yeah, I don't think so. He's 0 of 17 in his NBA career. This is this is what I was saying at the top. I love all this preseason chatter of like, hey, the the co- you know Ben Simmons has a radically improved jumper, and the coach is going to put him in the corner and really encouraging him to shoot three pointers, and all of this is going to go out the window in game one. Yeah, it's just I mean, do you, do you want this guy out outside of the paint? Why would you? Yeah. It, they're saying they want him more on the perimeter and the as a corner kind of kind of guy, offensively. That's not going to help your spacing because no one's going to respect him. And he, he shot, uh, what, 14 of 73 outside the paint last year. So, no, it's not going to happen. Yeah, and I looked it up on his blurb yesterday. Like, he is horrendous beyond 8 feet. It's like 20%, 21% on shots beyond 10 feet, sorry, um, on like a 99-shot sample last season. So, yeah. Um, and like one of the best reasons – one of the, sorry, the best parts of his game is when he goes downhill – and he's just so long that he could one step left, one step right, and he's at the rim, mm-hmm. like kind of like Giannis style. So, like, why would you take that away from him? Yeah. So, pretty much, just we can move on, I guess. But I thought that was kind of it's a very NBA Twitter topic that I just wanted to throw in here. Anything else? No, just that I'm not putting much stock in it. <laughs> yeah, and we again, if you're, like I've always said, like he's a great punt build guy. If you can go like Giannis oh, yeah. Ben, or ideally Giannis Drummond Ben, that would be killer. Um, uh, free throw punt build start maybe in the 10 maybe 10 minute could pull it off uh so moving on to just quickly dwight powell uh, a guy who you and i were chatting we haven't talked enough about him and a guy that i'm starting to warm up on um you had blurb yesterday that um they're they like him with kp and mm-hmm. with luca 
Um, again, this guy was a league winner kind of a guy after the break if you picked him up. 15 points, 8 boards, uh, 0.8 steals, 0.8 blocks, and 0.9 trays on 62% from the field, 82% from the line. That is sexy stat line. Um, so, uh, before I hand it to you again. So, I look at him as almost like a non-sexy Thomas Bryant. You know, he doesn't have quite the upside, but, you know, real fine floor and yeah. durable and added to possible... Uh, KP rest, you know, there's a little, un, a little more ceiling there too. So yeah, uh, a guy I think we're we're almost low on. Uh, who you could take, you know, hundred, uh, and he should have a really good shot at being top seventy-five ish. I agree. In in thinking about the the blurb yesterday, where I pointed out that he's only missed thirteen games in the past three years, to speak to that durability you mentioned, uh, he's not going to kill your free throw percentage. Seventy-seven percent last year, during that torrid stretch after the break, he was almost eighty percent from the line, sixty-two percent from the field, uh, two point three assists in that span. I don't think he'll hit that necessarily, but he can hit some three pointers. He was really good from from distance after the break, so. As you pointed out, a very underrated big man uh, who's been right around top 100 value the past two years per game in just 21 minutes a game. So I don't see why he couldn't get, what, 26? After the break last year, he averaged 30. I don't think he'll get there, but 26, 28, maybe 30 is within reach. I mean, the only real competition, if they're not going to play KP at center very much at all, is Maxi Kleber and Boban Marjanovic, who may or may not be in the rotation on a given night. So... Do you think, yeah, if Powell gets 30 minutes, I think top 75 is, is very reasonable. Yeah, um, it's I hate to root for a guy that has Boban as his backup, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, again, um, the only probably negative is the Dallas playoff schedule for fantasy is garbage. Um, so, you know, maybe ride him early, uh, and then hopefully he cracks, you know, maybe even 50, 70 range, and you can flip him. Um, yeah. And yeah, I don't think it's too well known that, Dallas has a bad... That's, people aren't usually too hardcore with that. Um, good to go on that one? Yeah. All right, so Lonzo's cleared. Uh, I wrote about him yesterday. I'm coming around on him, man. So the last 12 games he played before he got hurt, um, which coincided with LeBron also going down, so he kind of had free reign on the offense. Uh, 13.6 boards, 7 dimes, 1.4 steals, 0.4 blocks, 2.3 trays on 42% from the field, 2.5 turnovers, which isn't terrible. But he somehow made 26% from the free throw line. Um, <laughs> so if you were punting that, like if he made free throws somehow, just magically, he would have been around top 50 in that time uh, as a 9-cat guy and almost third rounder as an 8-cat guy. Um, so again, he has a fantasy-friendly game. I, I remember myself and Tommy, we were both like early third uh, last year before like the whole LeBron thing happened and all this stuff happened to just destroy his fantasy value. Like he was on the come up. He had a really good finish before he got hurt. This is rookie season. Um, you know, kind of a mini Jason kid or even almost not even a mini. Um, he, he can do a lot in the stat sheet. Uh, everyone knows I love the Pelicans who I firmly believe are going to lead the league in pace. Uh, I'm not too worried about how he, JJ Redick and Brandon Ingram, Fill out those minutes at the two slash um, three ish area. Uh, however, you want to consider Drew Holiday, but yeah, I really do like him. I think that Darius Miller going down uh, is a minor positive because they really don't have any other fours to put behind Zion. So you could play Ingram there a little bit to open up possibly more minutes at the two and three for him. So yeah, yeah um, the injury concerns definitely are the biggest thing. So you can't take him probably seventy five, but if he falls to a hundred, which he probably might. Um, I'm down 
Uh, I think he could be really good and has some phenomenal players around him um, to dish the ball around. And, you know, obviously the pace should help both steals and just really everything. So uh, I'm yeah. really in Alonzo. I don't think I'm, – I'm a little bit surprised to hear you as high as you are. Not that you're, you know, touting him through the roof. But yeah. um, he's just got – Two concerns for me, both of which you touched on, and they're the injury history. He's never played more than 52 games in two NBA seasons, so I'm already very scared of him. And then he's just basically like a, you know, Jason Kidd you you mentioned as a a sort of guy he's similar to. I look at him as a kind of Rubio-esque stat-wise where he's going to be terrific for steals, terrific for assists, more rebounds than Rubio would give you, obviously, and much better three-point shooter. Or not much better, but you know, we'll hit some more, I think. And then free throw percentage is the huge concern. 41.7% last year. It doesn't get to the line very much, but still that's just brutal. Uh, he's going to turn the ball over a little bit. And then field goal percentage is also brutal. So there's just too many holes in his fantasy game. It's going to depend how I've built. If I really need those assists and steals, great. And he's there at a hundred. I'll take a shot. Yeah. Hope that he stays healthy on this team. That's going to have a fast pace. But if I'm, you know, if I can't afford that in an eight cat or nine cat, then I'll let someone else roll the dice. Yeah, like I said, I'm not going top seventy five because the injury history. Yeah, which uh, he's. I think he's gonna go top one seventy five. So I don't see him on on your okay. team very often. <laughs> uh, I think Yahoo bumped him down a little bit um, in their ranks. I have to check that when we move on, or next time you're talking. But um, yeah, like I said, just you know, I, I mentioned in the column yesterday, just around a hundred um, point guards are really thin, so just kind Reasonable. of reasonable. Like, yeah, OP somehow fixes free throws, which again, it's not exactly a strong thing to do, but you know, he he can make shots. Um, and working on his jumper too. So uh, anything yeah. else there? Like he's almost like Derek Favors a little bit, but Favors obviously has shown a little bit more upside. But injury history and um, you know just uh, a new new lease on life here uh, down in the Big Easy. Um, Frank Lakina. So a lot of stuff going on with him. Um, apparently, like fixed his jumper. We saw how great he looked in, with Team France. Um, working on his mechanics. Do you see a path where you can maybe spend your last round pick on him or anything like that? I do not, no. I mean, the Knicks brought in Alfred Payton. They clearly were trying anything they could to trade Frank Nidalekina. No no team wanted him. It seemed like at one point they couldn't give him away. He did have a nice World Cup, but I, I almost think that narrative is being pushed too hard because he averaged eight points on 43% shooting. He was 33% from deep. Yes, it was an impressive per- performance, and we know how good he is defensively. He's big enough to guard multiple positions. I think that'll, you know, that can earn him minutes. But if he's a liability on offense, which to me he's, he still is until he proves otherwise, um, yeah, I'm not into him. I mean, they keep talking about his improved shot mechanics. He's more balanced when he's shooting. Great. But he shot 33.7% last year. So it won't be hard for him to improve. But but I think he'll still be atrocious for fantasy. Yeah. Uh, and just quickly on the Lonzo thing, he's down to 75 uh, on Yahoo. He was at 63 when he opened up. So, um, oh, okay. Yeah, he'll yeah. probably go on that range. Yeah, I, I went through all the Yahoo things. He dropped um, when he was cleared to play. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was, this is um, before. This is a couple, couple of days, days ago. Yeah, no, no. yeah. Like, uh, I guess that's a whole other pod. Like, I'm very mad that Donovan Mitchell went from 45 to 31. Um, other than that. Yeah. Went, yeah, Trey's up eight spots. Miles Turner's up eight spots. Zion went down. Zion's 41 in Yahoo, which is insane to me. Wow. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, Nidalekina again. You mentioned the multiple position thing. I think there's a path to minutes. Uh, he does not have any sort of a jumper though. 
So that's obviously going to hurt. Um, we'll see if it gets, comes around. But uh, even uh, the French coach from Strasbourg had said that um, he was not ready for the NBA uh, when he came out. So, you know, maybe put some stock into it. I'm down. I'm curious to see how he looks in the preseason. But I think, you know, I could take a last round pick on him if he looks good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, okay, so just a couple other things to hit here. Uh, Michael Porter Jr., um, looking pretty good. Um, it sounds like, so there was this thing on NBA.com where he's like, oh, I want to play with Jokic, Gary Harris, Jamal Murray, and Paul Millsap. And I'm like, yo, those Just are four of the, the five starters. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Are you, are you going to, are they trying, which Will Barton, uh, he's been a good six man. Uh, we saw him play a lot of point guard, um, when he was first coming up, we really, when he had the breakout year, um, yeah. when he would almost take minutes from Jamal Murray at times. Um, so yeah, I, I don't have anything on Porter Jr. other than his college stats. But, again, probably top five guys I'm pumped to watch in the preseason. Well, that's it. You mentioned it. it's such a mystery. You know, how's he going to look? How's he going to fit in in the NBA? Because we have such a small sample of actually seeing this guy on the court. So, yeah, top five. Watch him in preseason. Watch him in the camp. Read our blurbs. See how he's looking. Because it's possible he could pop in there. As you said, Barton's been a great sixth man. They also have Malik Beasley in the you know in the second unit. They've got Monty Morris, so they have guys who can already handle the rock. So I don't think they need Barton as much maybe as they did a couple years ago in that role. But I could see him in there. Yep. Um, I guess just briefly, are you, is there a guy you're targeting of the Bartons, Gary Harris's, Malik Beasley's, and I guess Porter Jr. throw them in there? Or how would you kind of address attacking those guys in drafts? I guess I'm betting a little bit more on a bounce back from Gary Harris, who was disappointing last year, than I am from Barton. Although in July, the Nuggets president said something like, Barton's never been hurt before. He didn't have a good appreciation of the rehab process. So he expects him to be better this year, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, with increased competition from Porter Jr., Beasley, Morris are both proved. I mean, they need minutes. or They were great. And either one of them could take another step forward. But uh, I think Gary Harris would be the guy I'm targeting most out of that group you just mentioned. Yeah, I'm with you. Not, not just highest, but right, like right, most, right. most into. Yeah, I'm, I agree. I, I have Gary Harris higher because, again, he was Mr. Fantasy, just super clean fantasy game yeah. he was rolling. But from where I'm targeting guys, and sharp leagues, like with you and everybody else, Tommy, Steve, Jonas, I'm not getting him because everyone kind of knows that Gary Harris is the man. Um, so I haven't been able to even come close to getting him when I'm taking kind of my sexier guys there. But um, I've come away with a decent amount of Will Barton. Uh, again, this guy can. This guy's good, man. Okay. Uh, so again, I, I like him a lot. Uh, I can't come around on Malik Beasley yet. Wish he would get traded to a bad team or something. Like put him on the Hornets, man. But that'd be yeah. great. Hornets, just give him like a first round, like a highly protected first from Malik Beasley or something. Uh, anything else on that one? No, we can talk about the Nuggets front court another day. Yeah, sure. Um, draft Jokic early, and it's kind of. I'm. Are you into Jeremy Grant? I'm not. I like him a little bit. Yeah, yeah. just because I think Millsap's fading. I, I think Millsap's minutes will trend down a little bit again. Um, and Grant doesn't need a ton of minutes to hit value, so I'm, I'm not against him. Yeah, it's, I don't know. He I, he definitely overexceeded last year. Even I had high hopes for him, and he still smashed it. Also crazy durable, so if yep. you just need a cheap flyer, a guy who can give you blocks, won't hurt your field goal percentage, uh, I give him a look. Yeah, on paper, he actually makes sense a lot next to Jokic, a guy who can't really protect the rim. Um, so, you know, you could maybe use Jeremy Grant as kind of a rim protector, kind of B option. 
Yeah. So yeah, I, you can make a case for him. I just don't. I don't buy his path to top seventy-five um, quite as much as some other guys who may go in the last couple rounds. I forget it was an athletic beat writer when they projected rotations. I think had Grant at like twenty-eight, thirty minutes, which oh, yeah. that that's the high end. But you know, if he gets twenty-six to thirty, that's that's money right there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so quickly on Wendell Carter Jr., another pod favorite guy. He is one hundred percent. He says or close to it, pretty much, or whatever he said. Um, we talked about him a lot, but I just wanted to hit on him real quick. I know you were really high in him um, when we, the last time we talked about him. But anything yeah, you want to add there? Still high. I don't know if it was you who wrote the blur, but uh, one Bulls reporter wrote that, in their opinion, they expect him to easily play 30 or more minutes. Um, there's really not much competition at five, right? If they don't want to use Markin in there, which uh, Markin played 23% of his minutes per basketball reference at center last year. Who else is going to get those minutes? Like Luke Cornett, maybe? Um, so I could see Wendell playing 30 minutes. He's a little bit of a forgotten man. You know, a lot of other young bigs get a lot more hype. So I'm hoping that he sort of falls, that is overshadowed by the John Collins and Jaron Jackson Jr. types out there. Yeah. Um, don't count out Daniel Gaff- Gafford, who looked phenomenal in Summer League. Uh, True, I yeah. He's gonna be- I think he's going to beat him out. But yeah, like... He's not the, nearly the caliber player that Wendell Carter Jr. is. So, yeah, I'm down. Um, and also, too, in, the, in this uh, thing I blurred yesterday, it was a little video. Uh, he said he hadn't been hurt since he was like 10 or 11 prior to these two injuries. Um, so, again, hand injuries, we kind of count those out, this core muscle yeah, thing. Fluky. Yeah, so I, Unless you're I'm Kevin fine. Love, then I think you're just cursed. For sure, yeah. He has the, the worst hands ever. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I can't take him like round four yet. Maybe five, I'll come around, but round six, I'm all about that life. I love yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think five would be the sweet spot, and it, it just depends how hyped up he gets and whether or not people start reaching for him. Yeah, definitely Bam Light or Bam Genuine Draft or something. Like He should be pretty similar with a stat output. Um, Good there? Sure. All right. Um, Let's see here. I lost my spot. Um, do you have the notes? I'm looking here. Uh, Torian Prince yeah, is yeah, yeah. the last person we wanted to talk about. Yes. Um, so, Rodion Kurutz, we won't get into the details. He is uh, being charged with some really bad allegations that don't want to dig into. But uh, Sean McCoy talked him up. Uh, Atkinson didn't quite talk him up, uh, listening to just going through the notes uh, this mm. morning. But I'm down, man. I, I think he's you know last-round flyer. I, we've seen him play the four times before. This team's going to play... Um, probably small ball fours a lot. We saw Karutz really kind of run away with the starting job down the stretch. Um, they kind of have a similar size and, I guess, defensive skill set, somewhat similar. So, yeah, I mean, the guy can shoot threes. We know the Nets have been really good at getting guys open on three-pointers. So, hmm. yeah, um, you know, he could possibly get some steals. Um, you know, he'll have to defend more uh, aggressively and probably being – um, more into switching on pick and rolls and stuff and being on ball handlers more. So I think there's a path to him being valuable, um, which, again, that's what I want for my last round picks. I do, too. I'm I'm with you. If you look at the Nets forward positions, it's just a mess right now. Joe Harris looks like a rock of stability. And then in addition to Kuritz, who is possibly going to miss the start of the season, uh, you've got... I don't even know how to pronounce his name. Zanin Musa? Did I say that right? Yeah, close enough. <laughs> is he a rotation player? Uh, I think it he remains could. to be seen, yeah, right? Yeah, but, but he's his borderline. And then Wilson Chandler suspended for using performance enhancing drugs. Uh, and then Durant's out for the year. 
maybe Henry Ellenson as a backup power forward, but mm-hmm. there's just there's so many question marks here that Torian Prince could fit either of these positions. He's a proven player. He can hit threes, as you said. I think he's in a really, really decent spot. So if, if everything breaks right for him and some teammates miss big chunks of time, maybe Wilson Chandler comes back and you know struggles on the court and isn't really in the rotation, things could break right for him and he could be top 100. But even if not, I think there's enough wiggle room here that he could be a low-end value. So you're not going to be just lighting a pick on fire, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah, again, just there's a they're real thin there. Um, like I said earlier, crazy thin. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah the thinnest really of anybody at the four. So, um, like I like I mentioned earlier, Zach Lowe had kind of hinted that they may be in the hunt for a trade market. So they may try it out, um, especially with Karutz. They're not committed to playing him yet. He is with the team right now, but um, I think his trial date is like a couple is right around when the season starts, October twenty first. Yeah. yeah, so that's something to watch there, but. Yeah, so definitely take him. Uh, also, just updating what we said earlier, um, according to Shams, Josh Jackson and the Grizzlies have agreed for him not to join the team in training camp and start the season in the G League. Jeez. So, yeah. This might be the end, this might be the end of the road for him. Yeah. So, and that's rough, man. They basically traded for Melton, and they had to throw in the Jackson deal. But, oof, number yeah. four pick, just 2017. Oh, boy. Um, and yeah, quickly, uh, Kyrie Irving, his face is hurt, which is the fourth time he's had a face injury. So I think it's like, he's probably should sport a mask all the time. Yeah. So I like Spencer, obviously you, I think you like him too. He was horrendous at the rim after the break, possibly because of the injury, but yeah, he can do anything around the basket down the stretch to really pull him down. So honestly, yeah, I like Dinwiddie more as just a, uh, well as a digital currency, sure. But also (laughs) as a, um, as a handcuff for Kyrie, but for standalone value, I don't think I'm going to be touching him anywhere. No, no, I'm not into him. Yeah, I, I just don't like the... his. I don't like his upside. I'd rather take a shot on someone who who might break out. Some guy, I don't know. Yeah, he doesn't do it for me. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much. I, I fall for this every year drafting Kyrie's backup. Yeah, yeah. Just because he's and he's going to get minutes. Like I think he's got 22, 23 minutes in him, even with Kyrie out there. That's not enough there. though. So to me, right? I'll like let someone gonna... else hold him and yeah, cut yeah. him, and then I'll pick him up as streaming value. Yeah, like hopefully he's like top one fifty ish, and then just falls off a cliff. Uh, yeah. could, I'm sorry if Kyrie kind of goes down, then yeah, yeah. have value. Um, yeah. Anything else? Uh, no. It looks like there's a, a whole bunch of Hawks news, but we can get to that next. Yeah. Time. Alex Lenz hurt. Shocker. Yeah. Bruno Fernando time, baby. Do it. And just, I guess, quickly, is uh, are you worried about John Collins' little hip strain here? Uh, it doesn't help that yeah, a player who's been angle. banged up a lot in his career is already hurt on the on the eve of training camp. But it, it doesn't really – I don't think I'm bumping him down just yet. Yeah, me neither. Cam Reddish is clear, the guy who I'm really excited to see. So many guys didn't play in summer league, so I'm hoping that they don't rest guys in the preseason. I feel like they won't do it for the young guys. The older guys, they – Certainly are going to. Yeah. Quick um, quick question for you to close this out. Do you like drafting fantasy teams before training camp in the preseason, or do you like doing it during, or do you like to have all that information at the ready, or or any and all the above? Early. I like drafting early. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Just because I mean I'm all that I could draft with a blindfold on. um, Pretty much any day of the week. Uh, So uh, I'm ready to go. yeah, and I feel like us, you and I, and everyone else who just does this all the time, like, we have a big advantage now. Gives you an advantage, yeah. Yeah, before everyone knows, like, who the breakout guys are, like, 
before ESPN and Yahoo's rankings make any sense. Yeah, like people may not know what a great spot Miles Bridges is is in right now, stuff like that. So yeah, I'm always anyone who's sharp should always want to draft her. I know um, yeah. Evan Silva always tweets about that for football. Um, but yeah, I'm the same way. Like if you're sharp, the the longer you go, the more the kind of casual players have an edge to catch you. Um, so you'd want to draft earlier. Yeah, everyone's takes sort of sort of coalesce, and yeah. hype guys are no longer able to be stolen, stuff like that. So yep, yep. there you have it. You're with me then, obviously. I am. I also like drafting after training camps just because, you know, it, it's fun to have more information about what, what rotations will look like and a better sense of health. So I like a little bit of both. But for sure, if I'm just trying to win a league, let me draft in August. <laughs> yeah, like I was uh, I went to, on a mini vacation last week, last weekend, and I blocked out some time to draft on some Yahoo Pro Leagues and the Yahoo nice. Pro Leagues didn't open when I was there, so... They're still not open as far as I know. They weren't open yesterday. But, um, yeah, I was all ready to go. I was like, have my, wrote down my whole, like, guys that are way down in the ranks. Like I mentioned, uh, I went through all the changes to who went up and down in Yahoo. But, um, yeah, uh, so I, I always love drafting early. Nice. I'll probably put that in the draft guide, maybe even today. Um, the, the changes, like, Cat's up to four now. Drew's up to 15. Uh, Drummond got bumped down to 26. Jeez. Yeah, Brooke got a big bump. Brooke's up to 42. He was at 61 before. Bam's only up to 60 from 64. Um, who? Uh, Levert's down to 102. DeJounte's down to 96. Uh, he was at 88 before. Levert at 87. Huh. Shea's only at 80 still, which is nice. I was hoping he doesn't get to the Keep 60s. him there. Yeah. yeah, keep him right around there. So uh, Westbrook got bumped down. Yeah, I'll just post in the draft guide, maybe even today. Yeah. But, One yeah. more reason to buy the guide. Yeah, yeah. All right, so we're out of here on that. You guys enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the preseason. Uh, next time we'll, we'll be back to pod. We'll have actually NBA games to talk about. I love the preseason. Um, I will be very active on Twitter. Um, you got to be more active on Twitter, sir. <laughs> it's not my <laughs> yeah. not my specialty. And uh, when I'm not actively on the clock, I'm I'm usually chasing twin infants. Yes, yeah, I do not. I, I my dog's pretty. He's not a puppy anymore, so he chills. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so you guys enjoy the weekend. Again, enjoy the basketball, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for coming on, man. You got it, Mike. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.